What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome you to the 300th episode of Porch Talk. Your host, Monk, and it's kind of weird. I know you're used to hearing um, Alan on here, but uh, Alan's with me. Hello, it's time hello. for Alan to be interviewed on the 300th episode. Yeah. How are you, man? It's good. It's good. Uh, 300 episodes under the belt. 300 episodes. So take me back to when you started this thing. Do you have any kind of uh, you know ideas that this would go to 300 episodes? I had no idea what it was going to look like at all. So why well, it's called Porch Talk. When I moved back from Mobile... Uh, I was sitting with some friends of mine in New Hope that I hadn't seen. In Hopefully s- on a porch. Definitely was. <laughs> I mean, it's like the origin of the name. And it's always funny, like, you know, when I'm reaching out to people and when I get to their place or wherever we meet up, is like, I don't really have a porch. And I was like, it's not about a porch. Yeah. It's, uh, that's just kind of the origin story of how it started. And we were catching up. And, uh, you know, we would have a great conversation that I thought uh, – was important uh, to be had. Uh, I love culture. And I love digging in the culture, and we were talking about cultural issues, and uh, whether it be music or the arts or pop culture. And uh, I thought the ideas that we had were worth sharing, and then to build a community yeah. around that. And I had just started getting into podcasting, and after we would have those conversations, uh, the guitars or the pianos would come out and we would share music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I don't think there's a format particularly like this one. Yeah. And so I never thought it was going to get off the porch. And I had I, only attended it to be like, you know, a stable of two or three guys. And we would just go maybe, it started out, we were doing like once a month, once every two weeks. Yeah. And... Uh, Blake Dillard, a great friend of mine where it all started in New Hope, uh, he's like, you should think about getting the show out more. Have you ever heard the name Colin Crager? No. Well, he's kind of the man around town in Columbus as far as knowing what goes down. He's a realtor. seems to have his hands on everything. Uh, Follow his Good for Business page on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I was already... uh, I was always in the indie music, and I was really getting into small business because I've got somewhat of an entrepreneurial mindset myself, and sure. I want to have my own small business, and so I have a heart for small business. And I had Colin on the show, and uh, during the interview, Colin kind of caught that I was really into indie music and into uh, DIY music scenes, and then he's, have you ever heard of Jamie Nettles and the Sunstroke House? Yeah. No. So you had never heard of Sunstroke before uh-uh. Porch Talk? Wow. Never. And so I'm telling you, like, uh, since and Porch Talk just recently turned three, and I can honestly say that uh, these past three years are probably the best years of my life. Yeah. So you and I, we didn't meet till after you had the podcast. Mm-mm. Oh, because you didn't meet me until Sunstroke. Sunstroke. Yeah. Okay. Well, damn. Yeah. I just thought I just missed you at Sunstroke or something. And I mean... 
it's it's so like you and a lot of the friends that I have now um I don't think I would have ever met or crossed paths with if it wasn't for this show yeah and it goes back to Blake to Colin to Jamie and then Jamie allowed me to interview these musicians mm-hmm. while they're coming through her house and that really propped the show up and it kind of made it more of a music show yeah and then we had the idea you shortly after that came on board and we started this untapped in vinyl and then uh big john was coming on board and we started like an off the deep end and cobb and i mean you got all the andrew and you have all these players that kind of bring uh their own part to the table and uh it's really became a stable for not only this area but uh not just for the country uh but i mean we've hit every continent we've hit most every country and they keep coming back now that's awesome all right so at what point did you think this is something i mean because was there ever a point i guess when you first started it that you thought i don't know if i'm going to do this all the time or i want to do this more was it what, what was the point what was the turning point when you realized okay this is going to hit was it when you started seeing the the people listening it, yeah, it was uh, when the show started picking up traction. And I remember, I mean, I think we had like maybe a dozen episodes out, and me and Blake were sitting on his porch once again. And I think we had, we'd put out like 10 or 15 episodes, like I said. And, uh, you know, I had like 300 downloads. And there used to be a really good website, and it was. And if you ask me what it was now, I wouldn't be able to tell you because yeah. I haven't looked at it in forever. And it would tell you, it's like, these are the numbers you need to hit if you're going to have a successful podcast. And we were right there on it. We weren't quite there, but we were right at the money. Mm-hmm. And then with Colin, with Jamie, I mean, phew, the numbers shot up. Yeah, yeah. And we knew that we were having a successful podcast and then uh, opportunities began to present themselves uh with soren bryce and some of the musicians that i had on the show uh gave porch talk some clout yeah within the music community and so i started reaching out uh to musicians in the area and be like hey this is the work that i'm doing uh you can check my back catalog and uh i would love for you to be on the catalog yeah and uh that's when i knew that i want more i don't want to do it once a month, every two weeks. I would like to do it once a week, and then it turned into twice a week. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like right now, man, if I could, I would put an episode out Monday through Friday. Yeah. If I had the wow. time. Yeah. I've, and I, I aim to get there. And I mean, it's really been a huge blessing because uh, I wouldn't have met Monson, reached out to him about being on the show. That was a small business thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I work for them. And he was like, hey, you have a beard. Why don't you come on? <laughs> right. I mean, we really stuff. hit it off that night. Yeah, yeah. And um, through that, that's how I got the job at Startville. I mean, like, everything that I have going on in my life right now is literally because of Porch Talk. Yeah, wow. It's unreal. Like, uh, my closest relationships, uh, my income, mm. uh, most everything in my life at the moment is because of the show and it's become all a the huge... ladies that you got to fight off with a stick yeah i mean crowbar, <laughs> crowbar. and i've learned like uh, you gotta you hit them right between the eye it'll stun them so stun them yeah all right so looking back at 300 episodes 
and and no particular order. Yeah, I want you to give me your five favorite episodes. Can you think? Can you do that? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, early and, James. And no, and no, and early order. James and the latest. Which one was that? The one where he played over at in uh, in Birmingham. Yeah, that was the uh, first time I met James, and uh, like we needed a crowbar that night. I mean, we we hit it off. I mean, I stayed over. Uh, he cooked. He grilled. Yeah. And uh, I would have spent the night if it wasn't a Sunday and I had to be in Starkville, Mississippi the next day, you know, yeah. so I drove home that night. Uh, and that was a huge episode because uh, uh, I met Joey, who is drums in a lot of bands in the Birmingham area. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite bands, New Devils. And New Devils, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so uh, Joey is the drummer in uh, New Devils, and uh, my favorite song off of their album hopes and prayers is joey is driving yeah and uh i met ford boswell which you met mm-hmm. who was on the show when we done yeah, it here yeah when early was here uh, adrian and sometimes adrian co-hosts with me when i go to birmingham yeah and, i've uh, never met adrian i met daniel rain and zach austin and um obviously james and cammy mm-hmm. and that was that was huge just for connecting dots and like the thing about james's house is it's kind of the same thing as my house in kennedy it appears to be like a hub, and so that's where I met Rebecca Eglin and uh, some of the other people that are uh, really into the Birmingham music mm-hmm. scene when it comes to Little Italy's. And, yeah. Uh, that was a real pivotal episode for Birmingham because I had Early James and the latest. A lot of other bands were interested in my show because sure. of that. Yeah. Uh, a Partridge was a huge deal. Okay. So uh, that's the second one on your list. Yeah. No what, particular order. Right. Yeah. Uh, the first time that we done uh, Untapped and Vinyl, uh, that was a huge deal. And then the first off the deep end, and that was when I was like, well, we can have shows within the show. Yeah. And like non-music, uh, one of my favorite interviews was one of the latest ones that I've done with a uh, fellow podcaster. Uh, his name is Corbin Elliott, mm-hmm. and uh, he's 25 yeah, now. Out of Canada? No. Oh, that's not uh, He's out of North Carolina. Okay. And he had reached out to me through the podcasting platform that we do, and it was inspiring uh, just to hear his story. I mean, at 23 years old, you know, he graduated college, wrote a book, started his own business, and I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that, that was huge, and, I mean, that opens itself up. Uh, some of these Monson brothers, that was a special episode as well because uh, the fellowship that I have with uh, Ryan Monson and the folks that work there, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely means Bo Jeffries, Lance Cooper, uh, Jesse. Every damn one of them. Yeah, that yeah. the list. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, so that's that is five, but yeah, I, I would five. like to give a sixth. Yeah, of an honorable mention. Yeah, <laughs> I think any episode I do with Cobb because Cobb always just brings an insane amount of energy, and it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and I would say that. Yeah, ours is fun, but with um, beer goggles on. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, I, and that's what I love about it. So, like when the regulars come on, like Cobb or you or John or Andrew. Uh, 
like as untapped and vinyl progresses i mean there's a lot of people who just listen to untapped and vinyl yeah and they know exactly what they're getting into no that's awesome you know and so uh i mean that's something for them to look forward to and uh i'm glad that we have those fans that are fans of that show of in the show yeah yeah all right so we'll talk about the album a little bit later but give me like what like what what is there one performance or two performances that really stuck out as like this is my favorite? I can't believe I'm sitting in front of this person listening to them do this song on my podcast. I gotta go back to Abe Partridge. Yeah. Uh when I found out about Abe, we were at the Sunstroke House. I had Ross Newell. It, we had just wrapped up our interview. Mm-hmm. And uh he was like, You ever heard I was on uh Unhand the Monster, Pharaoh Gibbs' podcast. I was like I've never heard of that. And he said, you should look it up. There's a lot of great mobile musicians, and that might be uh, a great way for you to get introduced to them. And when you get back down to mobile, you could arrange to sit down with them. And because of that, I found Abe Partridge. Yeah. And um, I contacted Abe during the pandemic, you know, told him a little bit about who I was and uh, what I do. And he's like, well, I ain't got nothing going on right now, buddy. Why don't you come on down here? So I did, and uh, it was one of those special things, I would say, like, same with James and a lot of people. Like, once you come on the show, is uh, we hit it off, and we become friends, and uh, uh, we don't just deal with each other one time and we're done. It's like a, kind of a network. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll never forget him playing uh, Black Flag T-shirt lament God, I mean, I, right there in his garage, and that yeah. still to this day is one of my favorite recordings that I have. Like I, um, the other day I was at Kentuck Festival over in Northport, and I just all of a sudden because I thought he wasn't going to be there on, on Saturday. I thought he was just going to be there on Sunday. So I walk over and I like look and I'm like, wait a minute, that's like Abe Partridge's shit. And then I look over and I'm like, that's Abe Partridge sitting right there. Yeah. So I finally got to to meet him, and uh, we talked for a few minutes. Spoke very highly of you, and I mentioned the Black Flag T-shirt uh-huh. lament. Um, I said, I said, I said, where is that going to be available? Where's that going to be available? He says, oh, well, I got a new album uh, and it's going to be on there. So I guess this live record that he's putting out live from uh, London. Live from the UK. UK. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's going to be on there. So it's like, okay, finally. Cause you know, I can't just like pull up my streaming services and, and find that song. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing about that is, um, I mean, a lot of people with some of these songs, uh, especially, it was a special recording because I had never recorded this way, but with James Mullis, I mean, we had the entire band in a living room. Yeah, yeah. And I was only running this mic at the time, but this mic can capture the entire... You remember like how we used yeah, to yeah, do it? Yeah, it was omnidirectional. That That's called. right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm on radio. I shouldn't know that shit. Yeah, I, and I stuck that mic just right in the middle of the room, and we did a sound check, and, uh, you know, ran about 30 seconds, and I passed it over to James, and he's like, run it. And uh, that was that was pretty incredible recording, yeah, considering yeah. like you had five different instruments going. And I, I remember I I kicked myself in the butt. You were supposed to be there because I was supposed to be there. And then you did a Facebook Live while they were performing, or Facebook Live, or you sent me a video or something. Right? Yeah. And I was like, holy crap! I cannot believe. I forget for whatever reason I couldn't go. Maybe I just was like, uh, I've been at work. I don't want to go. And also, it's not going to be on this record, but it'll definitely be on the second. Just to give a shout out to uh, the girls is uh, uh, Sarah Lee Langford. Um, she's Freaking got some, great. She has some really great uh, recordings. Uh, Janet Simpson does as well. Taylor Honeycutt. Mm-hmm. 
B.B. Um, Palmer. And I failed to mention that. I would probably give that an honorable mention, too, is yeah. like B.B., uh, uh, Taylor, and Josh. Uh, I love those guys, mm-hmm. and it's always a great time. I went down there the first time, and we were recording an episode, and there was a baby shower happening across the street. And next thing you know, there is a keyboard, and then here comes a saxophone, and it's just right outside the window, and so <laughs> yeah. that's just the ambiance. And so it's like we stop recording, and we just go over there with him and kick it. Yeah. And then like we move all the recording stuff to the back of the house, and it was a failed recording. And I, I, you know, I told them, I was like, eh, I'm a little upset about it. And he's like, no big deal. Practice run. Come back. Hang out with us again. So yeah. uh, we got together to do it again. That's awesome. <laughs> so how far have has this journey taken you, like, mileage-wise? Who who have you went the furthest to to do? Was it Mobile? It probably, it, yeah, it probably would be Mobile. But the thing about Mobile is I lived down there for seven years. Yeah. And uh, I go down there once a year, so I plan these trips. Uh, and every time I go to Mobile, I go to Abe's house. Like, that's part of the trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it probably would be Mobile. So, now we've talked a little bit about some of your other connections. Tell us about, and it's been really cool and lucrative for the um, the podcast, but tell us about the old Elegante connection and how, did that all get started through early? No. So, um, yeah, and the whole Cornelius Chapel. That started right here in this kitchen. Uh, curiosity, man. I was curious as a cat. Yeah. And so I figured curiosity could kill that cat, and I was uh, buzzed one night. And so uh, <laughs> Had we done an episode where we talked about Cornelius yeah, Chapel? Yeah, right. I mean, we were talking about the Dexatines yeah. and, like, you know, I had reached out to Elliot, and Elliot's kind of hard to get a hold of. Yeah. And then yeah. come to find out that Elliot wasn't really involved anymore. And, like, just through me, like, just trying to figure out who was there, who's involved there, of, you know, uh, through Taylor, Hollinsworth. Yeah. And then uh, Jaco. And then uh, got to Wes. Uh, got to Les. And uh, that's kind of how that picked up and started. And then, like, most of the time now, if I go to Birmingham record, uh, if there's nothing going on at El Elegante, uh, Wes will let me use that place to record. Now that's awesome. Can get another beer? Yeah, sure. Get these out of the freezer. The cats are one mile each. And that was, you know, it was, it was just through social media, reaching out to, uh, and the way that really cracked up is I reached, I think I reached directly to the Cornelius Chapel record, and I just wrote them be like, hey, I got a podcast and I want to come meet y'all. And then through Taylor and some of the other people, you know, it kind of fell right into place. But Jaco was the first. We recorded upstairs at O Elegante with Jaco, and then I had Taylor Hollinsworth. And uh, then later I would have uh, Chad Fisher, uh, Trombone Dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recorded there. Janet Simpson, Wes McDonald, Les Newby. Cal uh, Kimbrell, yeah, and you've kind of taken those um, that connection outside too, because I know Taylor. We had him, we interviewed him at um, with the blips at um, Druid City. City Brewing Company. Yeah, I've got a cat biting my feet. Our, the porch talk mascots are going crazy right now. Oh, yeah, tapping vinyl mascots. Um, so looking at the record. You got coming out. Yeah. So we'll talk about this 
I'm pointing to something that everybody listening can't see, but we'll talk about that in a second. Right but on. let's talk about this record. Um, where did that come from? Like, did you, you didn't start this thing thinking, I'm going to make a record one day. Oh, heavens no. <laughs> so, where did this, did somebody give you the idea to do a record? Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to place my mind, like, where that brainchild came from. Like, it was Abe. Abe? I want to say it was Abe. I think it was, uh, we were either uh, texting or, no, it was a phone call. Yeah. And uh, I had, I was thinking all day at work, and on my lunch break, I called Abe, because I had, it was just like a monkey on my back, I couldn't get it off. Mm-hmm. And I told him that I wanted to put out a porch talk vinyl because I thought we had some really good uh, recordings. And I was, I told him I was, I was going to put it out in the ether on Parts Talk social media and let the fans vote who were their favorite performances on Porch Talk and that would be the record. And it turned out that they had voted predominantly male. Yeah. I mean, there were a few uh, females they had voted in. And I was like, well, cool. We'll do an all-male record. And then we'll turn around when that's done. We'll turn around and do an all-female record. And while I was on the phone with Abe, he was like, what are you going to do for Albemarle? Well, I haven't even gotten that far. I'll do it. That's awesome. And it's killer art, too. I I, I mean, you have been paint-drawn, you know, you have been artistized by Abe Partridge. Yeah. Fucking cool. That means a lot to me, too, is, like, you know, I consider Abe to be a a dear friend of mine, and uh, he's one of my favorite artists, Mm -hmm. and I never thought that I would be a part of that catalog. Yeah. And, uh, because, I mean, like, think of all the people that he draws. He's famous musicians. He's done a couple of artists. Like, Mm -hmm. he done one of Van Gogh that was commissioned. Yeah. And it's like the devil prying Van Gogh's ear off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just that whole, and I'm addicted to anything Alabama. That's why I would really push uh, Taylor Hollinsworth, Cornelius Chapel, Yeah. Uh, even Dialback. Even though Dialback is in Mississippi, those guys are, you know, mm-hmm. from Bama. Uh, they just wound up in yeah, yeah. Water Valley. Uh, so anything, and they were a good hookup for the Jimbo Mathis interview. Absolutely, well. and we're not done with Dalbeck. Uh, we're going to hook up with them uh, soon. But yeah, that's the record came together, and of uh, you know people reached out. At that time, we were involved with the Blue Front Cafe, mm-hmm. and of uh, you know people was like, "I want the blues." Uh, Early James and the latest that cut was voted on there of uh, management. I uh, did not like that idea, and so uh, I backed off that, and so I brought in Robert Connolly Farr, yeah. who is a student of Jimmy Duck Holmes, mm-hmm. and uh, so we have two... Got a killer new record out, too, or well, it's not as new right now. But, yeah, and so yeah. I, I replaced uh, Early James with Robert Connolly Farr, uh, which is a, a great song called I Ain't Dying, yeah. and it's, it's not like... Most of these cuts that I have are cuts that I recorded, uh, with the exception of... Uh, Taylor, uh, his cut, he sent from his studio. Uh, Will sent it. Stuart, uh, he sent that song from his house, and uh, Robert's in Canada, so yeah, he, he sent yeah. that. But everything else was recorded off this. Yeah. So who all's on this one? I mean, I obviously know. I mean, it has, has it been? Have you announced everybody that's going to be on it? On the record, yeah. And let's see if I can name everybody. I'm sure you can at this point because I know you've told me everybody's going to be on it right. two, three times. I'll give it, I want to give it you. the old yeah. college try. Is uh, me. And uh, I couldn't believe you know, I was the most voted. Really? Well, blew, good for you, dude. Blew my mind. Hell yeah. I think I remember that in the Facebook post. And that. 
you know, and right when I was sending everything over to Abe, like who was going to be on the record for the backside? Because you know, Abe just didn't do the front; he did the back. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. everything would be seamless. Is uh, man, I'm glad that you're you're putting your own music on there. That's important. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was another thing that was incredibly uh, important to me was. When I go uh, sit down with like early James, and I know I'm getting off track and I'm chasing a rabbit, but no, go uh, when I sat down with Abe, when I sat down with uh, James, uh, I played my music for them too. And that was something that really helped my songwriting because these people that I admire, their songwriting, and I, I, I believe to be some of the best in the state of Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, they like my songs too. And uh, that meant a lot to me. And that also uh, helped bring out uh, another level of me. Yeah. I'd be like, if if these guys on this playing ground like my music, I want to do my best to be on that ground too. But back to the record, uh, me, uh, Spencer Thomas, yep. uh, Tim Higgins, A. Partridge, Will Stewart, Taylor Hollinsworth, Robert Conley Farr, Groove Johnson, Here I go. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me, so yeah, I don't either. I'm just flying just, off uh, the seam here. I'm not like checking you. Okay, so I'm thinking about. It. Oh, Can Rabbit, which is Ryan Monson, mm-hmm. Black Betty, which is Joshua Cosby, uh, Cosby, Jeremy Stanfill. Uh, both of those guys are out of Memphis, and uh, oh, there's one on the. A side that I'm leaving out, but I'm I'm back close, back yeah. close. But uh, that's that's all that I can remember yeah. at this point. So, um, the blues has that been because you you've really kind of because I know you and I had a blues episode of Untapped and Vinyl, um, and I and I think if I remember correctly, you know you weren't that schooled on the blues at that point. I mean, you knew the blues and you knew artists and things like that, but all of a sudden, man, you like go from like letting me talk about the blues for a good while, and we discussed a little bit, to all of a sudden you're hanging out with all the greats and down at the blue front and making that connection. I mean, which you wouldn't have made if not for the podcast. Once you know? again, man. Like, okay, so that really set it off. So when we were watching that documentary with Robert Johnson, uh, granted, uh, I was always under the influence that the blues inspired like some of my favorite bands because mm-hmm. I love the Black Keys. The Robert Johnson film, yeah, the or the or the, or the R. L. Burnside, um, both of those. Fat Possum I, but thing. I think okay. the fat po- the fat possum thing really set it off. Yeah, yeah. And then like in that, like a, a heart for it to be uh, captured, uh, which is good, man. I mean, that's like very commendable. Because these old guys, a lot of them are not going to be around much longer. You know, Alan Lomax and a lot of these people went around field recordings years ago. That's right. And so, I mean, like, just on that tangent is I've got uh, seven or eight blues guys that are down at the blue front uh, that, you know, all i got to do is hit them up, and hopefully it's a good time we'll set it up, and I'll get over to Clarksdale to get them. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was through uh, Untapped and Vinyl, through those documentaries that we uh, uh, watched – and to be honest with you, Philip Savile, and I don't remember how it happened. I don't remember if I reached out to him or if someone told me about Philip. 
But when I went to Philadelphia to have Philip Sable on, Philip Sable was a student of uh, Jimmy Ducks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Philip gave me a little lesson after our podcast, and so I learned a little bit about Bentonian style. And then that episode got shared yeah. on the Blue Front Cafe uh, social media page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's large. <laughs> and so I shared that post on my personal, and I was like, I'm living in a dream. I was like, the longest living blues joint in America just shared my podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have the words. Yeah. And then the Blue Front Cafe sends me a DM. And they was like, uh, we're well aware of your work, and uh, we have several musicians uh, that we would like you to interview and I was like, well, I'd like to have Jimmy Duck Holmes. And writes back immediately, we'll make that happen. Yeah. And the wheels got to turn in, and I got to meet uh, Jimmy, uh, Gilbert Val, who has a huge hand in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, next thing you know, I would be at the Blue Front sitting down with Jimmy having that interview. And then a couple months later, I would be on the porch playing yeah. at the Blue Front yeah, Cafe. Yeah. And I was like, I am beside You're part myself. Of that, that family of people that get yeah, to say they did it's, that. It's unbelievable. Awesome. It's unbelievable. And you did a brand sound for them as well during the uh Right. The, so Yeah. And so I mean it's 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 really crazy. Like where this little podcast from nowhere Alabama led me. Yeah. All right. So two questions, two sided question. Um All right, um, dream guest, not living, not living. Yep, Jim Morrison. Second, very good. Second part of the question, living. Travis Tritt. Really, that one? Huh? I never would have thought you to say that one. You would have said that one. Yeah. You know, um, like I didn't. I wouldn't. I wasn't a big. I've known who Travis Tritt is for freaking all of my adult life. But, man, I got a chance to see him acoustic at the Bama Theater in Tuscaloosa. Uh-huh. Absolutely phenomenal. Oh, you know. What, what is it What is it about Travis It Tritt? wasn't until Chris Stapleton that I realized how much I love Travis Tritt. Yeah. Because I, I thought, and I was, I was aware of the steel drivers. Sure. But, you know, it seemed like when Travis Tritt kind of left the radio scene... And then Chris Stapleton was really taking the country by storm. Mm-hmm. And he was on every country radio. And granted, I don't listen to country radio a whole, whole lot. But I'm very aware of, like, who's in, who's out. Sure, sure. And when I heard Chris Stapleton, I was like, well, that's Travis Tritt's replacement. And in my opinion, he doesn't have anything on Travis Tritt. Like, ooh, if, ooh. like vocally. Like, and the thing about, like, oh uh, man, Travis Tritt's voice and I love like how the media like has attacked him over the years because it was like mid mid success, and this is kind of when he backed off. And he sh- he shared this story on an interview, and I really wanted to pick his brain about this because uh, they said that he was outlaw country, but in a bad way. Yeah. And then you know who reached out to him and had a conversation with him? Waylon Jennings. Yeah. And he said, "I am well aware of what's happening to you." It happened to me, it happened to Willie, it happened to Hank Williams, it happened to Johnny Cash. Yep. And he said, our, um, 
Are tickets still selling? Yeah, uh, every show's sold out. Are your records still selling out? Yeah. I mean, three of them are platinum. One of them's platinum three times over. Well, the people that love your music and love you are still going to your shows. They're still buying your music. That's all that matters. Who cares what the media thinks of you? You keep doing you and stay right in line with that. And, like, uh, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for Travis Tritt. If I, like, sure, I believe I would be starstruck. And, I mean, like, you know, maybe, you know, you know, Maybe you thought I would say like Jack White or Dan Arbuck. Yeah, that would not be not really. I guess I had an idea of who, who you would say, but when you said Travis Tritt, I kind of. Yeah. But I mean, I, I understand, and I've never thought about Chris Stapleton kind of holding that same spot that Travis Tritt. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, I totally get it, man. Once you said that and you started explaining, I was like, wait a minute, and my brain's you know the little rat on the the wheel, and my brain is like, that makes total fucking sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, in Travis Tritt's voice, I mean, I knew how it sounded on record, but when I heard him just live, just him and an acoustic guitar, and he's a fantastic guitar player. He was taught by um, Jerry Reed, uh-huh. you know, who is one of the most spectacular guitar players you'll ever hear in your life. Um, but then his voice, I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I guess it just more on the radio stuff, it just more sounded like screaming, but I totally get it now. The yeah. Chris Stapleton, because Chris Stapleton to me has one of the most phenomenal voices. He is a fantastic songwriter. You I know, think. and lately, like with the Doves that he's been doing, and like working, like he, him, and Tom Rillo have a song together now. Uh, Chris Stapleton, mm-hmm. Tom Rillo, I've, from Rage Against the Machine, and yeah, it's it's yeah, pretty slave. good. We were listening to it yesterday at work. Um, I was like, that's great, but I was like, it would be way doper if it was Travis. <laughs> and it, like, because my coworker, he does that. Is uh, he knows that I'm a I compare those two all the time, and I was like, Travis Tritt's better, hands down. And uh, I'll, I'll share this story, and then I'll, I'll shut up about it. And I think I would be totally starstruck, too, but uh, I'm divorced. And uh, my favorite song by Travis Tritt is uh, Here's a Quarter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, so that was, like, that was your divorce song? I wouldn't say that, but uh, it definitely meant a lot to me. Like when I started like hearing the story behind it, because that was kind of the same thing that had happened to me. Is I got home from work one day, and my stuff wasn't gone, but uh, all her stuff was gone. Sure, yeah. And uh, you know, and then seeing the divorce papers and all that, and I was just, well, I totally relate to the backstory of the song. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite songs of all time. Like if ever I get depressed about that, I can listen to that song and it kind of it lifts me up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. All right, so you've come so far in 300 episodes, and I I designed the poster here. Yeah. Um, which I guess at the time that this goes up, I mean it'll probably be out and circulating through the social medias. Yeah, it'll, it'll I be going up you, tonight. I will make you different versions of this that you could use on Instagram and things like that. Oh, sweet. Um, but um, we're talking about now the uh, very first. Porch Fest. <laughs> Tell us about the Porch Fest. Yeah, man. Uh, once again, ever in my life, thought I would be making a collaborative record. Uh, and, you know, when the Siftones, they did an American tour uh, early this past summer. And they put up a map. And we're, we follow each other on social media. And so I saw that they had a dot where I live, like Kennedy, Alabama, and I wrote Sean, and I was like, uh, that's Kennedy, Alabama, that you have as stop C after Atlanta. 
Oh, yeah, I know. I was about to have a conversation with you about that. They I said, put it on there before? Yeah, before we even talked yeah. about it. And I was like, there ain't nothing in Kennedy, Alabama. He said, you are. You know, and they had been on the show before. That's cool, yeah. And um, it, it had been a phone line, and that was another one of those things like where we, we had hit it off. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were coming to stay at the house, and so I was like, I tell you what, I'll give you the Kennedy, Alabama experience. Uh, we'll use my back porch as a stage. I'll invite Tim Higgins out to support. Yeah, well, this is technically, I guess, this, the first one was just a little get-together. That was, yeah. that was, that was a okay. show. Okay. You know, and uh, I played, and then I played with the lead guitars, uh, uh, Tony Newton of the Stiff Tones, and we did a set together, and uh, about 30 people showed up, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty good for Kennedy, something just to be thrown together in a whim. Sure. And uh, that really, I think we can pull this off. And I wanted to do it again, and I didn't know when, and then November 7th is my birthday, and it happens to be my good friend Daniel Sharp's birthday weekend, too. Yeah. And so I made this Facebook post. It's like, I want to do a festival at my house for my birthday weekend, of I'm going to invite uh, some musicians that I I respect, and uh, we're going to see what happens. And Daniel Sharp was one of the first ones that wrote me back, and he said, that's my birthday weekend, too. I want to come play. And I'm telling you, like, Daniel Sharp and Jimbo, if you're listening, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Daniel Sharp has a song that uh, Jimbo tried to steal. Really? Not steal, but yeah. he wanted to record it. Yeah. And uh, just to give you a, a gauge of how good of a songwriter Daniel Sharp is, because Jimbo Mathis is a great songwriter, mm-hmm. too. And then uh, me and Daniel get to talking, and Bo Adams, uh, Moon Pie Curtis, Mitch Presley. Uh, there's a couple more that's going to be coming mm-hmm. with uh, John McIntyre uh, that's going to be coming with Daniel. And so those cats are from Mississippi, we have people uh, that are going to be coming from all over the state of Mississippi, uh, people that are coming from all over Alabama. Uh, there's a couple coming down from Missouri. And uh, so I asked Sarah Lee Langford. I wanted Cornelius Chapel to be represented. I asked uh, Ryan Munson if he would come play uh, Night Surf because I wanted a great closer on Sunday night. Yeah. I was like, go ahead and rock us out. And there, there's there's going to be more. I didn't announce everybody that's coming, so I wanted a couple of surprises. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, you never know who might just show up on my porch uh, Saturday or Sunday. Uh, we're going to do comedy. I got my bu- uh, good friend Johnny Havard coming up from Mobile and John McGarity, uh, who is a regular on the show. Yeah. Uh, he's He likes to do comedy, so I was like, come on, let's have it. So, in your, your, you like, so I'm, I'm going to be heading there. I've never been to your house. Like, show me the setup. What I got? I got a big field out in front of me behind yeah. your house. Or? Yeah. So in my backyard, we're on the back porch or the front porch. Back porch. Okay. Uh, so I have a, a huge backyard. I, we could easily have two hundred fifty, three hundred people out there. Wow. And like, you would totally have enough space. Uh, so I'm encouraging people to bring blankets and uh, their chairs, coolers if they want to bring something to drink or snack on. I do plan to have. Uh, some kind of catering or a food truck there. I'm working on that right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, parking is totally controlled. Uh, that's not going to be an issue. Uh, I'm encouraging people, if they want to come and camp, they can stay. Um, it seems to be the weather is going to be fairly mild for yeah. th- that yeah, weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so that porch sits about, 
I don't know, 10 feet up above the ground. Uh, it does have a tin roof, but uh, the sound really projects well. Sure. And the last time that we done it, dude, it was it was a total hit. So I, I really cannot wait for this weekend. Very cool. So any chance that you and I are going to do a little little on-stage podcast, a little live untapped and vinyl? I don't see why not. <laughs> I think that'd be totally cool. And I, I mean, we, we were talking about it now. Is uh, and I've got to talk to the musicians, but I'm I'm thinking about recording a a live. It, it won't be a record, but sure, uh, a live CD. And then for anyone who came out for the weekend, uh, I'll get your address and I'll mail it to you. When or it's just done. see if you could put some of the performances onto the podcast. You yeah, know, sure. And maybe yeah. have a short little interview at the beginning with them or something. Yeah, and yeah we'll, we'll definitely end figure. with a couple of live songs. We'll know? definitely figure something out. It's going to have its own little porch talk magic about Look it. Look at me acting like I'm running the joint and shit. No, I mean, <laughs> like uh, some of the greatest ideas were, were not mine. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm excited. So uh, we're doing this is episode 300. I hope this episode will be out tomorrow, which is Thursday. If not, it'd be Friday. And then this weekend is spent uh, sitting down and thinking about everything that I need. Like I'm gonna go buy, go to Lowe's and buy some really cool lights for the porch. Yeah. And uh, make sure that I can be as accommodating uh, for people as possible because I want everyone to have uh, a great experience, and I want them to say, "I will definitely come back if you do this again." That's awesome. Plus, it's Tennessee Hate Week, so this week. So yeah. you got to do a little bit of that on Saturday as you're doing everything else. Yeah. Well, this is and the, this is uh, happy this, yeah. This shopping. is an LSU weekend. Is it then? So, uh, and I want to work on that because I know people want to watch Alabama football. So uh, we'll probably have a couple TVs set up inside. Cool. Uh, if they want to pop in and check the score every now and then, but uh, all right, man. So moving forward, wrap kind of kind of tying up the end over yeah. here. Where do you see? Porch Talk, in a, I mean, where do you hope to have Porch Talk in the next 300 episodes? That's a great question. Uh, man, I don't know. If you would have told me that, uh, you know, we would have a thing called Untapped in Vinyl or Off the Deep End uh, yeah. within the show, if you told me that I was going to be putting out a record and then already thinking about a second record, if you told me I was going to be throwing a <laughs> festival at my house. Uh, I mean, who knows? I, step two is uh, full-fledged uh uh, record label that's my next so you're record. only at step two then yeah i would think you're like at step five or six at this point. <laughs> maybe you, I mean, you've stepped up a lot man i mean i mean just to think and i, and I want to compliment you too because i remember when we first started that this and i mean i've been in radio now for 31 years you know and i've interviewed freaking hundreds of people and you have grown exponentially as an interviewer so i, I say my hats Thanks, off man you've really stepped up you've like with the quality of artists you have on the show you have um you definitely have something that i want to listen to and i'm glad that other people are checking it out and really responding to you as well man yeah Congratulations. and I, i'm so thankful for the crowd is like you know of course when you try to do anything like this and i, I really want to uh, jamie nettles uh for her allowing me to uh record at her house uh everything that munson does uh I mean, thank you so much for all that you do. And, man, there, there are a lot of people that are behind Porch Talk. And if I gave them a shout-out, they would be upset with me. Yeah, yeah, uh, and these yeah. are some of the behind-the-scenes people yeah. that uh, you would more, never. More modest people, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, they've actually been on some episodes. And, you know, they immediately wrote me, take me out. I, I don't want my name on the show. I just I, I like being the guy in the background that no one knows about. And uh, that's, none of this would be possible without them. 
And so if you're out at Porch Fest, they might not tell you, but they're going to be at that festival. Yeah. And uh, they, they are I'm, – I'm just the face and the voice, yeah. uh, along with you. Well, there's but, a hundred other me's, you know, yeah, yeah. that have helped you out with this along the way. So. And, I, man, just – I'm just so glad that uh, the city of Columbus as a whole uh, has been so good to me. Uh, Startville has been really good. Uh, Druid City, Bo so, Hicks. yeah. yeah. Um, old elegante yeah uh, old elegante you know the list keeps coming uh memphis tennessee uh we've done a little work in nashville it's just i want to continue to grow the show um continue to upgrade uh my equipment to where i can do more i want to move more toward video uh that's another step yeah i want to be more uh relevant on youtube and some of these other platforms because i know that would help the show grow more sure and i want to uh you know, I, I would love to be at, you know, we recently had Manscaped reach out uh, that was wanting to sponsor the show. Uh, and I was shy of how many downloads an episode I needed for them to be a sponsor. Oh, yeah. Which does not break my heart. It was just for them to know what Porch Talk was and be yeah, like, hey, yeah, we, yeah. we want to sponsor this. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. That's large. So, you know, as they, uh, as they, the what, what was it? Years ago, when I was growing up and I was a kid, they had, um, I don't even know if they still make them, Virginia Slims. Yeah. And um, their little slogan was, you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> so here, cheers to another 300 episodes, brother. I appreciate you letting me be a part of it every week. Yes, sir. So we'll wrap it up at that. Any final closing words? Yeah. Uh, o Elegante, Cornelius Chapel, and uh, I'm thankful that uh, we're slowly moving away with this to where we don't like to say, I've never heard of you either. <laughs> so uh, y'all, y'all take care. Thank y'all yeah, so much. Roll Tide News and Notes. Thank you so much for listening to the Porch Talk. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever podcast app it is that you listen to. If you're bad, share it on your social media. Tell your friends about it. Uh, the person I failed to mention uh, was BB Palmer on the record. Now. Uh, November 6th and 7th at my house in Kennedy, Alabama. I'm hosting Porch Fest. I would love for you to come and take part. Uh, If you're coming from afar, you can camp or stay uh, with us uh, to enjoy the full weekend. Uh, $20 a head, uh, that's good for the whole weekend. I hope you'll come out and support everything that we have going on. I'm going to walk the show out the door now with a song of mine called Outside My Window. Peace out. And outside my window Here comes the afternoon The rain clouds coming From the west will I pass the taste What I said before me Drink a cool water 
my morning Well that's cold coffee with a hot burning sun Why you still tangled in last night's memory Talk it over with you instead. Instead. So, what say you to adventure if we pack our things and go? That's a life on the open road So what am I afraid of? Lowering my shield Second thought was out my window. <laughs> <laughs> 